Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. Um, we have a fantastic guest speaker today. He's a friend of mine. He was actually here a year ago during our Chasing Daylight series. His name's Chris Simmings, and uh, he is uh, a speaker. He's been a speaker for 17 years, um, and it's because God truly gave him a gift. And uh, I'm going to let him tell you the story of his gift. I know he's been a blessing to this church, to this community, and to my life. And uh, my prayer is that this will bless you in a tremendous way um, as we get into the book of John. We're actually going to go backwards. We skipped John chapter 5 on purpose because we knew Chris would be coming out here. And so we're going to go into the story today of the pool at Bethesda. So watch this video and welcome Chris. Good morning. How are you? Sunday. I love being in this place because I actually grew up in Susun City. I can't say that wherever I go because people are, where's that? <laughs> I went to Armia High School and it's funny when people try to pronounce your city's name, they get it wrong. In Benikaya, what else do they say? Yeah, Benicia or something like that's hilarious. Like, no. I'm like, where's that? You know. No, I don't know. I have no clue. It's good to be here with you this morning. I am statements. The Gospel of John. I am the way, Jesus says. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the light of the world. I'm the gate for the sheep. I'm the bread of life. I'm the resurrection and the life. I am. That's a bold statement. And Jesus is all of that. I never thought I would be a speaker. I don't fit the parts. Certainly not. I'm not rich. I don't have bling bling. I don't even talk like a speaker. I don't walk like a speaker. But I am a speaker. By God's design. I didn't look for this. My life is a mess. My life is broken, but His promise still stands. I'm still in his hands. He's my confidence. He can move mountains. And when there isn't a way, oh, there's a way. Just let him be God in your life. I've been speaking for 17 years. It's crazy. I get to travel the world for free. I get nervous still every time I speak. Among my nervous things that I deal with is I always have to go pee. (laughs) Even if I don't feel like I have to, I have to go. If I don't, it messes up my rhythm. So I'm speaking at a church in Prescott, Arizona. Do not say Prescott because you will get Oh, ridiculed. It's Prescott. 
don't know why. They spelled like Prescott, so I, the issue's on them. Anyway, Prescott, Arizona, and I'm speaking for a church like this. It's called The Heights. It's Mother's Day. It's about three years ago. And I go up there. My good friend is the lead pastor there, and I went up there to give him a break. So I spoke for the services up there, and I drank a lot of coffee that morning. <laughs> and before each service that I spoke, I went to go pee. And I'm sitting in the front row, it's the last service of the weekend, and they're introducing me, and I have the urge to go pee, but it just went like five minutes ago. So I knew it was nerves, and I knew that once I got going, speaking, that service, that urge would go away. I was wrong. <laughs> I get up there, and it becomes really uncomfortable. And the urge is so intense at one point that I start to pace the stage while I'm speaking. And I'm sure that people in the church thought, he's a good speaker, man. He can even walk the stage. Nope, I just had to go pee. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can to get rid of the urge. I even go to this table where my Bible is like this table, and I cross my legs, and I do this, and... I'm just worried off trying to go pee. It's always been my worst nightmare as a speaker. If that day had happened. Wait, you don't even know the story. You're already... <laughs> I still have about 20 minutes to go in my talk. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Then I keep going. And then I get down to about three-fourths of my message is spoken. Just hang on, Chris. You're almost there. And then while I'm speaking, I'm thinking, well, then I have to greet people, and I'm not going to get the chance to go to the bathroom. So we're talking maybe 20 more minutes. <laughs> so I'm starting to do the bath. There's 450 people in this room. 900 eyeballs to you and me. <laughs> and I stopped mid-sentence because I couldn't contain it anymore. And it's quiet like a library, like this. And I say, I have to go pee. <laughs> and everybody laughs. Uh -huh. My friend moved to the front row because he saw that I was struggling on stage and he didn't know what was wrong, but he walked forward and sat up front just if I needed him, and I needed him. <laughs> and so he walks on stage and he's thinking to myself, as he's approaching me, I'll just do damage control, I'll let Chris go to the bathroom, he'll come back and finish his talk. It's not a big deal. And as he's walking towards me, these are my words. And I am going. And I pee my pants. I know. Thank you. And I'm on stage. 900 eyeballs. It's horrible. 
Jesus, wake me up from my dream. I'm ready to wake up now. Nope. And I held it for so long that it's not a trickle. It's a puddle. It's the size of Lake Michigan. I marked my territory at that church that day. And these people were in the spot zone. <laughs> my puddle took on a cool shape. It's like artistic. <laughs> but here I was in pea-laden jeans. I'm soaking wet. I'm embarrassed. And my friend thinking to himself, Lord, when will it stop? Chris has been embarrassed so many times in life. When will you just leave him alone? He's done, Lord. Thanks. Now I have to finish. I know him. I know him well. He's not happy right now. I'm going to let him go. He's got to get in his car and drive back to Phoenix where he lives right now. And I don't know what it was. It was God's spirit. He began to talk to me in that moment. I wanted to leave. Every ounce of energy wanted me to walk off stage and jump in my car and go. And cry all the way home. But God's Spirit told me, you're not done. You need to finish what you came here for. And I begin to argue with God. And I go, that's easy for you to say. You're not done. You do not leave the stage. And Rod came to tap me on the shoulder and I kind of waved him off to signal that I was okay. He didn't get it. But he walked off stage. He, like, why is he staying there? That's humiliating. And I just felt convicted. And I looked up at the crowd, and I said, shall I go on? And everybody cheered. And I said, you guys are sick people. <laughs> And so I went on. And as I go on to finish my talk, I notice that I start to sidestep my puddle, a pea, by creation. <laughs> it looked awesome. I walked over it, went around it, as I continued to teach it and, and face the stage. It's better to say, remember. Four rows back, a woman stands and she walks forward. There were a stack of napkins at the corner of the stage for some reason that morning, and that's where she got, went to. And she grabbed a pile of them. 
I'm still speaking the whole time she's doing this. I don't know what she's doing. And she's not doing it to bring attention to herself at all. And as I'm teaching, she's walking forward to the center of the stage down below, and she begins to unwrap the napkins to where, unfold them to where they're fully bigger. And she begins to drape those napkins over my puddle one by one with different napkins until they're all on the stage and all covered by puddle completely. And then she goes and step back down. And I stop because the phone rang. And I said, I'm just kidding. That's no and I stopped to say to her, thank you. And I knew that she must be a mom. Because that's what moms do. Right? And now I speak about it a lot wherever I go. Because we have puddles, every one of us. We have a lot of things in our lives that break us. They cause us to be insecure, cause us to be afraid, cause us causes us causes us to doubt. But we sidestep them all the time because we don't think God is big enough to handle them. But there are puddles. And it's amazing how God uses puddles of our souls to reveal his glory, to tell us that the life that we live has nothing to do with us, but everything to do with him. John 5. The healing at the pool of Bethesda is a miracle that God has used to change my life and transform it from being a man that was bitter to somebody who got better. Verse 1, chapter 5 of John. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there's in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which in our bank is called Bethesda, which has five roofed caldads. And in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, those who were lame, those who were paralyzed. And when he was there, he had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him there and knew that he had already been there for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? Stop. Duh. <laughs> what type of question did you just ask? It's not rhetorical, is it? And the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I go, am going in, another steps down before me, and Jesus says these words to him that are powerful. 
Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And once the man was healed, he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. I love Jesus. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Not in that culture. They go ballistic if you do. <laughs> so the Jewish leaders of the day said to the man who had been healed, It is a Sabbath. It is not law for you to take up your bed. But he answered that the man who healed me, that man, he's the one that said to me, take up your bed and walk. But then they inquired further, well, who is this man who told you this? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, and there was a crowd in the place. And afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am doing what he is doing. And Jesus came to show God's glory. Jesus was a miracle worker. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John record his gospel messages. We read the gospel of John in this series. The gospel of John writes about the pool of Bethesda when Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they don't mention it. I wonder what compelled John to write about this miracle. I wonder what popped out in him. What intrigued him about this story. There's a crowd there. They're laying on the banks of Bethesda. They're waiting for an angel of the Lord to swoop down to stir the water up. And the first person into the water, they believe would be the one who would be healed and restored if they came in droves. The blind, the lame, those who were paralyzed. And Jesus had power. If he wanted to, he could swoop his hand over the whole crowd and heal every one of them that day. He doesn't. He goes up to one man. A man who has been in this predicament for 38 years. Was he born with this condition or was, did it come up later in life? And he said to him, do you want to get well? Why do you think I'm here? I was born with a condition called five motor cerebral palsy. So mild that when you looked at me, you couldn't see I had it. I just shook it with my hands. I go to bed in eighth grade. I look just like you. I was a little bit better looking than you. But I went to bed. And I woke up the next morning with this that you see before you. Overnight. And two months later, I was diagnosed with a rare muscle nerve disease called torsional dystonia. There's a couple pictures I want to show you of me. Here's a picture of me when I was a kid. Remember typewriters? (laughs) 
if you're from Susan City, that was taken to the library of, it used to be, uh, wait, that was Crescent School, that wasn't Crystal, that was Crescent School. Next picture's this, the average note, right? Next picture is yearbook phases, pictures, that is my eighth grade year, actually. It's a picture of me, the next one. My head is starting to turn. That's my freshman year of high school. Junior year. Then it gets to that point. I'm a senior wearing a tuxedo because that next picture that you'll see is a picture of my prom date. Never thought I would ever go to the prom. Who would love me or what to take me? And you didn't care. Graduation day from high school. If you turn my wheelchair, there were Mercedes hubcaps. I asked my friends where they got them from, and they said, don't worry about it, so I haven't. <laughs> That's my electric wheelchair, and it's with me. The last picture is wheelchair Olympics. My life's a mess. I never thought I would ever walk again. The muscle emergencies I have is aggressive. And from my eighth grade year when I woke up with it to my senior year of high school, I didn't see a better day. You know, it's bitter. How dare you, God? You say you're a God of love? Ha! Huh. Whatever. You don't care about me. You never did. I, I don't want to serve somebody like this who causes me pain. And I grew up in the church. And one day I read this miracle about the pool Bethesda and it changes my life forever. Because I can see Jesus asking me, do you want to get well? Then stop being stranded on your mat. Stop a wall weight in your puddles. I've covered them. I want you to get up and walk in the midst of your pain. I want to use your pain for my glory. You're not an accident. I'm deciding in you something with purpose, and I want you to use it. But it's your choice. You can be bitter, you can be better, Chris. What's it going to be? You need to get up off your mat of your pity party and just walk. And trust me, my promise still stands. You have walls that you're trying to walk around, wait for them to crumble? You are still in my hands. I want to be your confidence. And it make you to wallow in self-pity. It made you to live a life that sets you free. 
but will you dare get up off your mat and take that bed with you? That was the question of the hour. And I struggled with that question. And I didn't want to say yes to God in that moment. I became comfortable in my pity. I wonder if this invalid at the pool Bethesda was comfortable in his pity. Who knows how long he went to that pool? If they were waiting at the pool and, and only one person got healed at one, one at a time, that's many days to go to a place that you think would heal you. When I mean, Jesus spoke it in words. He can still move mountains. He's my God. And began to say, God, yes to you. I will serve you. Oh, why I was still in my wheelchair. I'm not serving God today because I'm walking. I made that choice when I was confined to a wheelchair where people had to dress and bathe me, clean up my diarrhea messes. That's when I said yes to God. And then what's ironic about the story of the Pope Bethesda, my healing happened in a pool at Solano Community College. I go there to enroll in PE just to be with other people with disabilities. I didn't think a thing. I just wanted to have fun. I wasn't expecting anything. And two and a half years later, being involved in swimming two to three days a week just to have fun and be with other people like me, we realized that water therapy was, was the help that God used. I started to walk in the water. Not on the water, but in the water. <laughs> and then on land, I started to move my legs. I started to walk. I started to drive a car. I went off to college. I went to Sonoma State for my undergrad and Susan Pacific for my graduate degree. I'm not that smart, though. I was living dreams. And I chose to serve God in a wheelchair. And it was just, God was just waiting for me to get up off my mat. Okay, you say yes to me, I have bigger things for you. You know, I tell people today, and I wish I had a camera to record their expression. I tell them I'm healed. Click. Healed? You're not healed, look at you. You know, I tell them, you're not healed either, look at you. Because we all have puddles. 
Did you realize that it's artistic? Do you realize that God wants to use your mess for his glory? Your shame for his triumph? Your jealousy to set you free? What mat are you holding on to? You see somebody before you today with a messed up body, but maybe you're the one that's crippled. Maybe you're the one that's lame in your mind because you just don't see it. And God calls forth for you to get up and walk. And the most astounding thing about this miracle is I wonder what happened to his bed. What happened to his mat? It doesn't say. This is my thought. He took it with him. I get to take my disability with me because it doesn't define me. It gives me purpose. I have puddles galore. But like that woman at church that day in Prescott, Arizona, through Jesus Christ, they're covered. I don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to be defeated. I get to move. We have an outside presence at Northgate. You might be watching this service online. You might be in Vallejo at Empress Theater. I bet you smell popcorn, don't you? This message is for everybody. It's hopeful. It's truth. Will you be bitter or will you be better is the message of the day. Will you have the courage to get up off your mat? Wherever it is, you walk. We got to stand up, please. Bilal, will you stand up, please? Lord, thank you for Sunday. It's a day of rest. But in scripture, it's a day where you work. God, we have puddles galore. We have our mats. We have things in life that stifle and cripple us. It's time to take them with us. 
and let go of the bitterness. To explore the betterment of what you're doing in our souls. God, it requires faith to stand up and walk. And maybe today people just need to crawl. And that's okay. At least they're moving forward. You need to call us to a sprint. We live a marathon of life. Get a prayer for hope this morning. With your eyes closed for right now, maybe you're broken. Maybe you're clutching that mat just a little too tight. And maybe you're too comfortable in that pity place. I don't know. Maybe it's time to relinquish it and set it free. It will go away. But you can take it with you. To be used by God's design. If that's part of his purpose for your life, what, what is that? Will you dare stand up and, and walk with him? Do you want to get well? That's who Jesus is, and that's what he's about. That it would be today, if it is, for the first time, if you want to relinquish something over to Jesus Christ, and commit your life to him and walk in faith of what's unknown, will you just look up from where you're at and just stare at me? That's awesome. God, thank you for Sunday morning. Benicia, Phileo, all mine. God, thank you that our pills matter. Our mats are monuments, not barricades. God, I pray that you would help us to walk in our brokenness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank our friend Chris. for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.